Hey, I'm Ken Pettit. And I'm Martin Frazier. And we are Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, better known as Lads. Today is Wednesday, May 11th. 2022 and martin the premier league is fucked dude it's a end of a farmer's era the beginning of a true farmer's era i mean shout out to pep guardiola for single-handedly taking over the prem in six years and my boy just got another weapon in his arsenal he's been playing without a striker for two years and he finally got his hundred million dollar striker in the norwegian Crazy giant imp Erling Holland. What the fuck? Yeah, so this is bad news <laughs> if you are not a Man City fan because Erling Holland is one of the most uh, prolific young talents that we've had in a few years, especially as striker. Uh, I mean, his comp would obviously be Mbappe, but I would say Mbappe is more on like the Henri, where mm-hmm. Holland is more. You know who he reminds me of? A quick sh- like throwback. He gives me like Van Persie vibes. Ah, see, he gives me Wayne Rooney vibes. But I feel like well, Rooney was shorter, though. I feel like he's so yeah, tall. For sure. But in terms of the just animalistic the drive. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So like the pit bulls, uh, the, the dog. We're not doing it again. We're not doing he's got the dog. In <laughs> Don't you start this again, Kevin. We're not doing oh. the dogs. They got mm. that dog in them. Um. But yeah, so, and I don't even think it cost them that much. Didn't they just do the 60 million buyout clause? They did the 60 million buyout buyout clause. Plus the weekly salary. But when you include the the signing bonus and the agent fees, it bopped it up to $100 million. And like, I I don't know if y'all have been following Manchester City for the past uh, 12 years uh, when they were created. Um, but this isn't going to be the last signing of the summer. They're going to go out and sign another fucking 100 million player. They're going to go out and, <coughs> and strengthen their squad in other areas as well. But this here, I mean, I, I can't think. <laughs> Where else do they strengthen? Like, get another... I mean, shit, they bought Gre- Jack Grealish for $100 million last summer and sat him on the bench this entire campaign. So, I mean, they're going to do it again. They're probably going to buy another uh, defender. They're definitely going to buy another like Malrez, Raheem Sterling type player. So I, I, I'm assuming they're going to spend another 160 million pounds this summer transfer window on top of this. Well, we know for sure that allegedly for sure that Gabriel Jesus is gone. And, and I the, wouldn't be surprised if Raz is gone as well. Yes. That was the second person, Martin, that I was going to say that those two are both gone. And I was talking to the Discord boys while we were watching Man City just dismantle Newcastle this weekend, which you will get to. Um, Our prediction that Man City was going to take it out on the next team was correct. (laughs) Yeah, called that one. Um, There was a part of me was like, well, maybe Newcastle will take advantage. No, 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 no. But um, so destinations for these two players is very interesting because if you look at Raheem Sterling, he's still kind of young. He's only 26, I believe. Is he really good? God. And he's still very good. He creates he's what I'll say about Raz and <clears throat> no joke. We've joked about Raheem Sterling quite a bit on this podcast. And, you know, I think we're justified in some. Some of it's a bit out of place, but he finds himself in great positions and Man City creates the most chances. So obviously he's going to score in 
assist. And they just, you know, Man City, I think, really helped Raheem Sterling immensely in that system. And not to say he wasn't good at Liverpool prior. But my question to you, Martin, is I think he's not good enough for City or Liverpool. But is he too good for the other top six teams? Oh, because see, I, I would... I would go a step farther, and uh, I, I don't see him going to another top six club team. If he stays in England, which I, I think he will stay in England, I bet you he goes to West Ham. I bet you he goes to a West Ham-type club, like right on the border, because I do not think Raz is consistent enough to play for a, a top six club. Um, I think over the past two years, his production has kind of faltered, um, but... The thing about Raz is when he's on his day, he is on it 1,000%. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I just don't – you don't see that week in and week out for Raz. Like he'll have like two months of just playing absolutely brilliant, undroppable. This weekend, yeah, yeah, scored. Deservedly in the first team. But if you look at a season in whole, I don't think Raz meets the criteria of the creme de la creme of a Manchester City player. And let's be honest, if he was to go to Manchester United, which he definitely will not go to Manchester United, um, but if he was to go to Manchester United, he would deserve a starting spot on the team currently. However, I would not want him on the team because of the consistency. I don't I don't think it'd be a good transfer. I think he would be brilliant at a West Ham. Maybe he would be brilliant abroad on like an Inter Milan. Maybe he even goes to France. Ooh, and plays Inter would be cool. Inter would be cool, and they might win the league. Yes, AC Milan's gonna win the league, baby. They got oh, two more games. Oh my god, because they only play thirty six, right? Yeah, um, mm. there's two more games. I think Milan's last two are against Sassuolo and Calgary, um, and then um, Inter Milan's are against maybe Palermo and someone else. I can't remember who, but it's separated by two points. It's coming down to the wire, just like the Prem is with Liverpool and City. But yeah, like I was saying, I, I don't see Raz sticking around. And I think that Pep, for all of his brilliance, and he obviously has the ability to play without a striker, but this signing of Erling Holland is, I mean, it's not so fucko, dude. It's going to improve the team immensely. And I don't really have a question about his ability to keep up with the physicality and the tempo of the Premier League coming from the Bundesliga. Because we've seen it in the Champions League. We've seen it game in, game out. The only question I have about Holland is his injury record. Hell, he misses, yeah. he misses a couple weeks here and there throughout the season. And, I, I mean, I, that's not a knock on him. He's still young. but And it does seem like that's kind of becoming kind of a norm nowadays where players can't really make it through the season anymore just because of the massive amount of games that we're playing. But this is 10 out of 10 signing for Manchester City, even at a $100 million price tag. Yeah, I mean, I think if now that Holland is a Man City player, he's returned home. Um, <laughs> I, to his dad's house. Yeah, to his dad's house. Um, I, I mean, the expectation now would be to win it all, right? Yeah, I mean, if you can't win the Prem with Holland and a bigger budget then i think it's like 58 other countries defense spending i mean yaya torre definitely has that voodoo curse working at full effect yeah i saw a funny meme and it was like there's that new doctor strange uh movie out and it was like yaya torre and the african curse of uh multiverse <laughs> or something like that 
And it was like Yaya Tori as Doctor Strange and Pep being like broken into glass or something like that. People are too creative on the internet. I I, I don't know. As soon as I saw that, I went, what the fuck? Who took the time to Photoshop all this? <laughs> um, anywho, yeah. So it's uh, quadruple or bust for Man City next year, it seems like. Well, uh, let's get to this weekend's games. But before we do that, there was one game today. It was Liverpool versus Aston Villa. Uh, I was telling Martin, Martin was working today obviously i was just having it all in the background but from what i was able to watch <clears throat> all i had to take away is john moss fucking sucks he needs to retire i was just on martin before the pod that every decision that he would make you would just do the exact opposite of the correct take in the correct decision and it was just i couldn't imagine being a villa or a liverpool fan because he was doing it to both teams I, it felt a little bit more villa sided and the fans were lit, letting john moss know like in one example i was telling you martin that he gave advantage to asa villa but they weren't advancing or anything like that so advantage wasn't given and then ended up giving a foul to liverpool and they got a free kick but Aston villa it was just mayhem and the crowd and coutinho was losing it like coutinho was getting pissed um, but you know, shout out Steven Gerrard letting his former team continue in this, uh, title race. I suppose he didn't, lo- he didn't mess it up for Liverpool this time. I suppose, <laughs> uh, oh. yeah. yeah, bad memories. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show how just somehow, somehow, some way English refs are still so bad. I don't understand how bad English refs are on a consistent basis. And with the inclusion of VAR, it's still dog shit. English refs are are a disgrace to refereeing across the international um, countries. I don't know, dude. Uh, I've been watching the NBA playoffs, and holy shit, those (laughs) refs might. I didn't think it was close when it came to like Premier League English refs, Um, but no joke, NBA might be worse. NBA has gotten so fucking soft. I think it was probably Game Three when. I think, oh, who was it? It might have been Alvarado stealing a ball from um, Chris Paul. And he literally stole the ball and Chris Paul like tapped him on the back or like slapped his butt. And Chris Paul got like a technical off of it. And and at that point, I was like, yep, everything could be worse. At least we do not have NBA refs in the Premier League. Yeah, I I saw one last night where Giannis dunked and then he just kind of looked at Al Warford and like gave him like a, yeah, got like fucking just dunked on you. And the ref was like, that's taunting. I'm like, are you fucking joking? <laughs> like he, he just gave him like a, gave him like a mean mug. You know what I mean? Like just mean that's mug. Taunting. That's, Dude, I didn't that's... even know. I know NFL created the new rule about taunting. I didn't even know NBA followed suit. No wonder all these calls are soft. Uh, they they rarely call it, but I was like, "This is a fucking playoff game, dude! Like, what are we, what are we are doing we not here?" Allowed to talk shit? Uh, is talking shit bad now? Yes. Yeah. Honestly, send John Moss to the NBA. Let's just eject him. <laughs> um, but let's talk about this weekend's game. Uh, the game. Uh, I want to get out of the way, rip the bandaid off from Martin because I asked him about it before the show. And he said, like, uh, I'm good. But I said, we need to talk about it. <laughs> um, and that was the Brighton-Manchester United game over the weekend. Uh, 4-0 victory to Brighton, and it was never even close. Um, I mean, this is... I mean, I want to say I'm shocked, but it's just been so bad the past couple months, Martin, that, like, I'm sure you're going to be like, yeah, no, we're shit. Like, 
of course, this is what the result's going to be. But it's still like when you look at the scoreline and you see it's Manchester United, it's still frustrating. Yeah, and I mean, um, hell, man. To put it simply, this is <laughs> I'm a, sorry. I know you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> this is a record-breakingly bad Manchester United team, and I've said it time and time again throughout the season. Honestly, since Ollie was fired, these team, these players on this team need to be axed. Every single one of these players. Are, are an absolute joke at this point, with the exception of Ronaldo and with the exception of David De Gea. Um, and I really want to raise the question to the fellow Manchester United fans out there. Um, was this the low point of the season? Was this the low point of the season? Because, yeah, we've been beaten 5-0 and 4-0 by Liverpool, home and away. We have been beaten 5-0 by Manchester City. We have gone out at every single cup semifinal um, and we lost to Fulham um, in the FA Cup on penalties. Uh, but is this the low point? Losing 4-0 to Brighton home Albion. And and this, I mean... The gay I think seagulls have betrayed us. The gay seagulls have, have really stabbed a dagger into my back because there wasn't <laughs> a split second through the 90 minutes that Manchester United deserved to win that game. Um, Jesse Lingard bitching on social media about how he wasn't given... A farewell at Old Trafford. He can fuck off. (laughs) Oh my god, he can fuck (laughs) off. Um, The fact that we're still playing um, jokesters like Matic, Mata, who are brilliant players in their own historic right, but they are gone. Why are we playing them? The season is a wash. Play the young kids. Um, Bruno Fernandes has just absolutely dropped off this world. Um, Jaden Sancho hasn't played for the past couple uh, weeks, which is probably a blessing for him. So, yeah, this this was a low point of the season for me. A deserved, 100% deserved 4-0 win for the Brighton home Gay Seagulls. And to be honest, I don't want Champions League. I don't want Europa League. I definitely don't want Europa Conference League. My perfect season ending would be ending the season in eighth. West Ham Wolves surpasses Eric Ten Hag. Buddy, you got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I feel as though <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. I think it's like Ronaldo, who <clears throat> who knows if he stays, right? Because he wants to play in Champions League. According to the reports coming out, Ronaldo is going to stay another year. Eric Ten Hag has reportedly spoken to him already about it. Um, but I, I will say the one one very small bright spot of this entire season is 37-year-old Ronaldo scoring 18 goals in the Premier League alone and absolutely carrying this dog shit team into sixth place. Ronaldo, that man is the finest of wine, and I don't want to hear any shit talk about Ronaldo from any one of these idiots, uh, idiot fans who are saying he's the problem. Get the fuck out of here, you know-nothings. Yeah, I believe the statement is about Ronaldo. Um, it would just be what they're called uh, a relegation fight, would you agree? Yeah, and I mean, there was obviously a, a horrible circumstance that happened earlier this season with Mason Greenwood. And if you look back, I think that really was the turning point in this shit season when that horrible news came out about that horrible person. 
I think it affected these players more than than we let on. And it, it seemed like a turning point towards absolute shit in all games after that. And I mean, I, I'm not going to make excuses for this. Sorry, club bet on that. But I, I think that there was so much promise of this team going into the season in August. And this is the end result. And my God, my God, people have to be held accountable. Um, the top office is resigning left and right at Manchester United. Um, and I mean, there has to be an exodus. There has to be an exodus of players, coaches, and at the staff level, because if there is not, this rot is just going to stay and stay and stay. And I mean, fucking, I hope Eric Ten Hag is giving the, even given the opportunity to improve this uh, club, I hope he is given the opportunity to bring in his own staff. I hope he's given the opportunity to pursue the players that he wants. He wants um, in the transfer windows. I hope he is given time to implement his vision. Because if you look at any of the old uh, Manchester United um, front guard, Rio, Gary Neville, Paul Scholes, they are all aware that this rebuilding process needs time. It needs patience. And it could be Eric Ten Hag is the right man for the job. But if it does not change from the top, if it does not change from the locker room, then he's got no chance in hell. And as long as players like, and I, this dude, this breaks my fucking heart to say this, but as long as players like Marcus Rashford, um, as long as players like Phil Jones, as long as players like Luke Shaw, as long as players like Jesse Lingard are still at this club, this club is never going to get back to the level that they belong to. They are. We have we have completely washed a generation um, of young talent um, at Manchester United, and the entire system needs to change. And I, I think this Brighton game is entirely evident of the absolute rot, systemic rot in this club. Absolutely pathetic. Y'all should all be ashamed of yourselves. Embarrassed. Nobody, absolutely nobody is playing their hearts out. Absolutely nobody except fucking 37-year-old Ronaldo and the longest-serving servant of Manchester United in David De Gea is playing for this club. Everybody else, as far as I'm concerned on the pitch, can fuck right off. Um, and Ralph it sounds Rugg like has- a lot are. I mean, sounds like Pogba's gone, uh, for Hell sure. yeah, I hope he goes to Manchester City so goddamn much. Oh, my God. Would he, I hope would he, he even start? <laughs> no, he wouldn't, and that'd be the he'd best be like third. Part. He'd be like third string. <laughs> yeah, he'd come on for FA Cup games. Like it maybe League Cup, Carabao Cup. <laughs> God, yeah. Uh, Paul Pogba is is that the worst business a team has ever done? Paul Pogba, Terry Maguire, free in twenty twelve. Oh, 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 oh! In the entirety, the full story. Oh, go on, oh, yeah. yeah. Let him leave for free in twenty twelve. Buy him back for a hundred million, and then let him leave for free again in twenty twenty two at twenty eight years old. Well, fucking done, Ed. Good work, dude. Great. Yeah. I mean, his time at Manchester United may have killed his agent. Um, oh. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Uh, too, uh, too soon? Dude. Uh, uh, did did we have any warning about that? Or was he just dead one day? Uh, yeah, because he had a heart attack. And then he tweeted out being like, it's going to take a lot more to kill me. And then yeah. Di- yeah. And that was and, the last thing I heard from him. I was like, yeah, and then know, he, Ravioli is fine. No, he died like the next day. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, well, 
At least he got that tweet off. I mean, at least he got, <laughs> at least he got. He some, was like, tweeting, so I thought he was totally fine. I thought he was hacked or some shit. Dude, and then clout the chasing, day, clout, clout chase until the end. I can, I respect it. I, I hate I, Nino Ravioli. I'll tell you what, the devil takes the ones he loved <laughs> early. Uh, yeah, that guy was such a dickhead. But you know, sorry for his family. I guess wasn't that's... he? Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he Halan's uh, agent? Oh, I think so. Yeah. So what? Where did that twenty-five million agent fee go to? Uh, wow. Did Holland move on that fast? Can we Damn. talk about is, is, is Holland uh kind of a dick? Damn. Did he, did he even respect the wishes of his agent? Wow. Oof. Did, Oof. did the Mino family not receive any money, even though he's probably worth almost uh, I, he's probably worth over what a hundred million, two hundred million. I mean, Dude, once you get past a million, that's just stupid money for me. Uh, once I have more than a thousand in my bank account, that's crazy for me. Truth. <laughs> Truth. I'm like, I am a king. I am rich. And then a week later, I'm like, oh, fuck uh, me. <laughs> I'm so fucking poor. Okay. Um, let's move on to the next game I want to talk about. And that is Liverpool Spurs. And Klopp has been in the news a lot this week uh, about critis about criticizing uh, the way other teams play and you know I think it's finally other teams you know Klopp is a pretty liked figure besides from rivals but I think even people who are outside the rivals are kind of getting sick of him because after this 1-1 draw where Tottenham played you know to their proper tactics to go up against a better side, you know, not going to like let Liverpool play openly against them. You know, um, he came out and said like along the lines, I'm just paraphrasing like that's the way Spurs play. That's why they're in the position they are at, you know, and some people say like, Oh, you know, he does this to, you know, deflect. So his players don't get, you know, all the heat or whatever, but I don't know. What did, what'd you make of the result, Martin? I mean, this kind of fucked Liverpool's, title chances i mean it's pretty much man city's to lose like um even with the victory today against aston villa but this draw pretty much is cementing man city as the title winners yeah i mean i've been saying it for years uh that i i really don't think klopp is a likable person he always has something to say about someone or something in his uh, press conferences when he when he loses or if he's on a losing streak or something like that. And and to your point, like it is a fantastic way of taking pressure off his players and and distracting the media from his players. So yeah, that that is a great point. But my God, that man is unworldly cringy at sometimes, and it, it goes back to the Atletico versus Manchester City debate. I mean, what? What do you want these clubs to do? To play right into your hand? Do you want them to play a a a tactic, a strategy that they know is going to behoove the other team? I mean, of course, uh, Spurs. Of course, Atletico is going to play a style that allows them the very best chance to win the game. And shout out to them for doing that. I, I don't see any problem with that. I mean, yeah, it might not be pretty. Yeah, it might not be... Um, quote unquote, deserving of the win, but that's the shot they got. And that's the shot they're fucking taking. So, um, I, 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 you know, go back to what I've been saying about Klopp for years and years. It's cringy. Um, it, it has, 
it, it doesn't really have any bearing when you actually look at the game. But at the flip side of the coin, yeah, he's probably distracting the blame from landing on his players, which is, you know, a smart tactic. He's a brilliant uh, manager in his own right. So um, I think that Spurs 100% played the proper way to grab points against uh, the top two team in England and possibly the world. Uh, so, yeah, I have no problem whatsoever how Conte set up the Spurs team. Um, and I am kind of shocked that Klopp is surprised by it. Of course, they're going to play that style. Yeah, I have nothing against Antonio. Also, this is how Antonio Conte has always played. Yeah, like what you expect for him to like all of a sudden open it up and say, come on, let's just have a wide open game. You attack <laughs> me. I'll attack you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Antonio Conte has been coaching longer than Klopp. You obviously have the damn tape on Conte's teams. He has not changed his tactics very much over the past five years. Uh, and Tottenham has to do everything they can do to win. And, uh, yeah, it's not like every single team in the Prem can play this wide-open, super-attacking football that Jurgen Klopp plays. I mean, that's just stupid to think that a, a fifth-place team can do that or a 13th-place team can do that. So Klopp, uh, one, two, three, fuck off. All right. I still like Klopp. I still think the report are very good. But I will say you've always had this hate. Um, and you probably say it's like not just because I'm a rival. I really do think he's repulsive or cringy. Oh, well, I'm saying <laughs> but, with Tuchel. Uh, Tuchel's yeah. a bitch, too. I hate Tuchel. Right, right, right. I, I'm just saying that now maybe that I hate Germans. Oh, well, I don't know. Well, maybe good. Maybe good. Um, I <laughs> a quick aside. Can I tell you something? I had like a weird thought over the weekend when I was talking to the guys on discord when you're we watching the game. But I was like, I really want to do like a history of soccer and like in world affairs. Like I want to go back to like when it was like East and West Germany. And those are like two different countries playing in the World Cup or like hmm. um, how Real Madrid and Barcelona was under Franco when it was like a fascist dictatorship in Spain up to like 1975. Like. I'm, I, I, I'm right I, on that. I love that shit. Yes. Like what was going on in the world? And we we're still playing or like really be cool to go look back at like World War Two and like what teams did, you know, and like, you know, like how Arsenal kind of got their game name from, uh, you know, World War One and the Ars the cannons, you know. So I don't know. I, I'd like to do like a history lesson and be like, what the fuck was going on? Well, I feel like I feel like the world for all of its changes over the past century hasn't changed that much because right now we have. A, a straight up possible genocide military conflict between Russia and Ukraine. And we're just playing Premier League games like it's totally normal. We're going to a World Cup in a absolute desolate fucking country that has a horrible human rights uh, record. So and we're all going to watch it. So I feel like the world in general for as fucked up as it is, soccer is just a common, common thing. It's like, OK. Everything's falling to shit, but at <laughs> least we have soccer. Right. Like, I just shut this off because the rest of the world is fucking falling apart. And, like, I yeah, can't right, afford right, to have right. a roof over my head. Yeah. So this is the one piece of joy. Even if Arsenal lose or even if Manchester United loses, at least my team, you know, they show up every weekend for me. So yeah, and, and, and the not so part, like one of the most famous pictures, Kevin, you and I talk about this all the time. It's all over social media. Like Germans and English troops came together to play soccer during World War II 
in no man's land. So I World I War One. By the way, I'm just, sorry, World War One. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I genuinely think we could have nuclear war, and Arsenal would be talking shit to Tottenham about the upcoming North London derby. Like it's just a constant, man, and and God bless them. Yeah, at least we have the beautiful game. All right. Um, next game I want to talk about. Uh, Man City, Newcastle, 5-0. Eddie Howe's boys with nothing to play for. Really looked like they played for nothing out there. That's my quote about the game. I'm sticking to it. Um, Yeah, if I'm a Liverpool fan, I'd probably be pretty pissed at Newcastle. Like, guys, you looked like absolute shit. But at the same time, Man City at one point had 99% possession and was literally slicing and dicing Newcastle. It was, like, ugly to watch. Like, it looked like a just Sunday league team uh just like showed up Brighton versus Manchester United yeah it was really I mean new no like Martin say what you want about how bad Manchester United played Newcastle looked like they couldn't give a fuck out there and Man City was like okay cool we're Manchester City and they probably could have scored a couple more but I really don't have anything else to say about this game besides uh Man City just really wanted to take out that championship loss on someone and Newcastle was the victim and they played right into it yeah, we talked about it last week. We're like, uh, yeah, no, maybe City's down in the dumps. Uh, maybe they'll get surprised by Newcastle. And that was the exact opposite. They took out all that angst, all that pain on the Newcastle. And, uh, I mean, Newcastle has been, for what I thought, I thought Newcastle was improving ever since the uh, takeover, ever since the Eddie Howe appointment, um, ever since those January uh, transfer windows. They've been looking like a new squad. And this looked like 2013 Newcastle, just absolute old school dog shit. And Manchester City just tore them up. Yeah, it was like ugly. (laughs) Like I enjoyed watching it because when Man City is on one against like a lesser side, it is like watching like a pro FIFA player versus me. It is just not even close to the level of passing and thinking. And Kevin De Bruyne was just absolutely just disgusting in this match. There was one where he will like, say it again. I will say it again. Kevin De Bruyne does not show up for big games, but consistently across the season, against from like third place and below, he is the best player on the pitch, hands down. Oh no, he was pretty good in this Champions League run this year. Had some pretty big goals and assists. I mean, I didn't think he did i didn't think he played very well he had he had some stat pads for sure but i didn't think he played very well he but then again manchester city like they never have one player dominate on the field it's a team effort through and through yeah i feel like aguero was the last dominator on that team mm-hmm. and yeah, then once, yeah once he got who, once who he could got, turn the game on the head yeah so um they're actually wearing his uh warm-ups uh, like he was, they were all wearing uh shirts with Aguero on the back of them. I forget why, but the actually the jersey looked kind of sick. But I think it was like because I think he's getting into the Hall of Fame or something. Like he's definitely a Premier League Hall of Famer, but I don't know if he's getting in this soon. Um, yeah, but, I mean, shit, he he retired last year. I I'd, I'd give it a couple years. Come on now, Brian Urlacher had to wait ten years. Oh, I don't want to compare Brian Urlacher to Sergio Aguero. It's just like you're talking you're talking about a five foot five man versus like a, a six three like animal. But he missed. Yeah. I mean Sergio, not to say that they're both not extremely skilled at their different positions, just like it's two different sports. That's like like I, I can't even anyway. <laughs> um 
the other match I wanted to talk about was Everton getting a massive win against the Foxes. Foxes, do we like Brendan Rodgers? Dude, Brendan Rodgers has fallen off a cliff, but mad shout out to Frank Lampard for doing everything in his job to save his coaching legacy and skin for getting back-to-back W's over teams he had no business winning against. Chelsea, now Leicester. And you know what? I'll, I'll do a secondary shout out. Pickford has finally figured out it's Unreal. time to play some football. Wow. He's woken up. He is awake. Yeah. Cause Dude, it's right the before fuck? the World Cup. He's ready to roll. <laughs> relegation fearing Pickford might be in my all-time 11. <laughs> like true, this, true. Th- this guy is playing like prime uh, Gigi Buffon right now, and I do not understand it. He literally saved Everton's ass throughout this last couple games, and I don't understand how this Everton side keeps winning, but, you know, it seems as though we'll get the relegation talk because we have some fan questions that ask about it, Martin, but you know, it seems like Everton are pretty safe. I'll say it. I'll say it now. Yeah, I think they have a game in hand and they are leading Burnley by one point now. But we'll save all the talk to the questions. But I mean, an absolute turn of fortune for Everton. They deserve to win the match. Um, I think that they have finally woken up somehow. They've realized, oh, wait, we've never been relegated. We can't start now in 2022. So everybody's starting actually playing for this club. Um, and I mean, shoot. Shout out to this turn in fortune for this Everton squad. Um, Pickford, like we said, is playing out of their mind. They're finally looking cohesive. They are finally playing for the badge, not for that money. And and the thing is that I keep thinking of, like if Everton go down, they will lose the entire starting 11 because the entire starting 11 individually is good enough to play in the Prem, I feel like. One of those players is worth as much as some of the teams in the championship. So, truth, like they're definitely Lutton Town is worth one point. Their entire squad is worth one point five million dollars, and they're in the championship playoffs right now. Um, and Pickford's probably worth twenty point five, or Carlson's probably worth forty something in this crazy day and age. So yeah, they are forty times more rich. Just based off one player towards championship level. Right. And I know our buddy Dom keeps saying he wants Leeds to go under so they can get Rafina at a Barcelona. But I want to get Luke Ayling. I love Luke Ayling. Oh, yeah. Well, I wanted, uh, uh, what's it, Calvert Lewin <laughs> at mm-hmm. Arsenal. So I was kind of hoping for Everton to get, uh, you know, relegated, but doesn't. Dude, you could get Theo Walcott back if they get relegated. Who? Theo, <laughs> who? Oh wait, no, he plays for Brighton. Never mind. As I was, um, no, we'll get, we'll get we'll get Iwobi back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so <laughs> funny, like watching Iwobi. Like some parts, I will watch him, and I'm not gonna lie, it's the same thing that Adama Traore does to me. I'm like, he looks incredible the way he is running down and passing, and then he gets to the final third, and I'm like, he just forgets how to play soccer. The man's forgotten everything. Like he just, his mind becomes a smooth marble. And it's just no thoughts in there. I don't understand it. I'm like, oh my god, look at he will be go. He's the best player on the pitch for like five seconds, and then I'm like, oh no, they're my brain's doing that thing again. <laughs> um, but the last team I want to shout out from this weekend is my team, Go Arsenal, beating Leeds, Jesse March's side, two uh, one. We did not make it easy on ourselves, uh, even though Leeds had a red card um, scraped by. But all I want to say is. Arsenal in the top four 
it seems as though we are pretty safe in the top four. We are only one point behind third place Chelsea with 67 points. Damn. We have 60. We have 66, Martin. One point behind the champions of Europe. I mean, Wolves really saved us this weekend by tying up Chelsea after they went up 2-0. Um, so, yeah, Arsenal seems as though with three games left, unless they really fuck this up, which it would be very Arsenal, um, are going to be in the Champions League next year. So I think this is, if we can keep the top four, like, I think this is a massive improvement for Arteta. I'm finally, like, feeling really good on Team Arteta again. Yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, this is obviously from the outside looking in, but Arsenal are one of my favorite teams to watch. And I think the thing that is most telling about this Arsenal squad is that they have the youngest starting 11 average age. Um or the second youngest uh, starting 11 age it's um, up there. in the entire Premier League. I think their starting 11 average age is like 22.4 years old. And so this team has been built very well by Arteta. And it's it's proving dividends. And, I mean, shoot, like I said, Arsenal is a blast to watch. Um, they have so many fun individual players on their team. And, you know, wholeheartedly deserve to be in that Champions League spot. Yeah, you got flying Eddie, Niketa, Saka, Odegaard, the Mill Smith row. And it's cool because I think Arteta knows now that he just wants to buy young. Like got Ben White, got Ramsdale, you know, uh Gabrielle, Martinelli. Prospects, not superstars. Right, because you see at Arsenal what that gets you is Obama Yang. And hey, Manchester United's full of them. So shout out to Arteta for actually being smart. Yeah, and I mean, say what you want about Aubameyang doing so well in Barcelona. I say that says less about La Liga, but I'll 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 table that for another conversation, Martin. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but I still think it was a really good move to add by subtraction or whatever that phrase is, you know. So I feel as though uh, Arsenal are in a great spot. We spent. Obviously, like we should do well. We spent like 150 million this summer, but like I still thought we were going to be easily outside the top four. Um, but I don't know. I think at the beginning of the season, I think I had Arsenal six. So that would be really cool if they exceeded my expectations. Oh, yeah. And I, I think I had them. I think I had them sixth or seventh as well. And uh, yeah, uh, Arteta has proven himself to be a pretty witty manager in my opinion um yeah i think i'd have him in like maybe top six managers in the premier league certainly after this season yeah okay cool um let's go to fan questions then make sure to follow us on instagram at lads podcast uh first question comes from neil neil says do you think that now City have signed Erling Holland, one of, if not the best young striker in Europe, do they actually win the Champions League next year or pull a classic City and bottle it? XOXO, hugs and kisses. Um, I mean, it's all or nothing. And I get that's the Amazon documentary, which I'm actually now excited to watch for Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, um, it started off, we were going to be relegated, and now we're one point behind the champions of Europe. I will say that again as many times as I can as I'm, uh, as I'm able to say it. But yeah, I mean, every year they are just on the precipice. And I say to you, Martin, that it I've said this before on the show, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. You spend all that money. You have the best coach. You have the best staff. Like... 
unless there is actually an African curse, I really do think they're going to win the champion. They would be the obvious bets on favorites. It would probably be them, Liverpool, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich would probably be the top four. Um, and yeah, I, I would, I would pick them to win with Holland if he is healthy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the crazy thing is like, uh, we've said the exact same thing, um, for the past, I guess, four years at this point. Yeah. They just got Jack Grealish. This, this is the step that they had to take to get to the champions league final. Uh, they spent $250 million on their defense. This is the defense that takes them to Champions League glory. Um, so I feel like a broken record, but I'm going to say it again. Like, statistically and logically, they should 100% be winning the Champions League. But methinks there be an African voodoo curse because I, I'm, I'm just going to finally go out on a limb. And to be fair, I have the worst record about saying shit and shit actually happening. I don't fucking see them winning it next year. I think that the the mentality of this squad, the the heartbroken squad that this is for their eighth year running in the Champions League will not let them progress in the Champions League. Yeah, but they are about to win the Premier League, so I'm <laughs> so I'm sure that'll make them feel good. Yeah, I mean, five Premier Leagues in the last 6 years. Kudos, guys. You turned it into a Farmers League. Fuck. Okay, next question. Nuclear Guru. Ah, our old roommate, Harry. Harry, Harry we love you. Uh, Harry says, uh, and Harry is also a massive Man City fan. He has not been a fan of my memeing and making fun of Man City. <laughs> I'm sorry, Harry. I do it to everyone, I swear. Um, he says, the impact of Holland on the Premier League. Um, it's going to be a nightmare for center backs. Absolute yeah. nightmare for every pairing in the premier league who's going to have to deal with him because he is not only so skilled and fast, he is big. And I don't think we've had a striker like this in the premier league besides maybe, uh, Harry Kane, Diego Costa, Diego Costa. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe in terms of physicality, I mean, Diego Costa. Yeah. Um, Lukaku, but he hasn't exactly done well since returning. Um, or when he was here on Manchester United, to be honest. Yeah, not since Everton, Lukaku. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think this is going to be a real problem for a lot of teams. Yeah, uh, like we kind of mentioned earlier in the pod, like I don't think his physicality will be limited by the Premier League moving from the Bundesliga. I don't think his technical prowess will be um, will be hidden by the Manchester City team. I think this was an excellent buy for Manchester City. I think he will do uh, brilliantly in the Premier League. The only question mark, and it's a tiny, tiny, tiny little baby question mark, is his fitness. Um, and I think that is the only um, red flag for Holland um, because we do have so many gosh darn games. Manchester City, especially when you're when you're a Manchester City player, you're playing from the first game in the FA Cup, the first game in the League Cup, the first game in the Champions League until the just about the end of the tournament, if not the end of the tournament. Um, so I, I do think his fitness is a bit of a concern, but in terms of his ability, his technical and physical prowess, I don't think there are any questions. Like I said earlier in the pod, it's a 10 out of 10, Harry. It's a 10 out of 10. 
Yeah, I've already seen the meme go around, but it's just Kevin De Bruyne like rifling the ball in the box, being like, fuck it, Holland's in there somewhere. Like, that's just going to be the Man City game plan. They have so many people who can create chances. There's going to be like, well, Holland's going to have to eventually finish some of these. And then their defense is so good that it doesn't really matter if it doesn't. Um, next question comes from Lucas Navarro seven. He said, where should Ronaldo go or should he stay? Oh, also a follow up. There's pretty much the same question, but I don't want to like not say this person's name. Good old Manny says, where do you guys see the goat CR seven winky face, uh, next season? Um, thank you both for, it's kind of like the same question. What's going on with Ronaldo? Where should he go? Or should he stay? Um, what are your thoughts, Martin? It's your team. I'll let you speak for your team first. Um, I, I think it's, you see where you were pretty confident in him saying, yeah, I, I think that, I think that he has this loyalty to Manchester United. And I do not think that, um, Ronaldo is the type of player to go to the MOS. I don't think he'll ever go to the MOS. Um, I don't think he's the type of player to go to France, to Germany. Um, if he was to go to anyone, I think he would go back to Spain. And I don't think that Real Madrid necessarily wants him. Um, maybe he would play for another um, top level. He, he would get into any top level squad, no doubt about it in my mind. But when I'm thinking about CR7, uh, Ronaldo's personality, um, he has always been a winner. He has always been a hunter. Um, and I think that some part of him wants to bring this Manchester United squad back to the glory days um, because Manchester United gave him so much. I think he's he knows he's at the end of the career. I think he knows that he <clears throat> can still provide to pretty much any team in the world. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I do think he stays at Manchester United solely based out on based on loyalty based on giving back to the club that gave him so much i don't think there's a team in this world that would turn down a free cristiano ronaldo but i don't think ronaldo wants to go to a lot of teams i don't think he wants to go back to italy i don't think he wants to go to france i don't think he wants to go to germany i definitely don't think he wants to go to the mos so i'm saying he's going to stay put i'm saying he's going to mentor these new kids coming up apparently um, uh, Alanga has, has created a, a really personable relationship with him. And I think if Manchester United is going to succeed, um, in the next few years in the rebuilding process, being, they need players, people like Ronaldo around this club. Um, if you believe any of the reports that come out of Carrington, Ronaldo at 37 years old is still the first person and the last person in the training um, complex. He psycho. Gives, yeah, fucking <laughs> psycho. And that's no. I mean, it's awesome. It's that. It's, it's that Kobe. You know, it's that Michael Jordan. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and Tom, so I Tom think he Brady. Stays. Yeah, I I think he stays too. But he is Mr. Champions League. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I my the craziest take I could think of is he goes to PSG. And I know that sounds yeah. cra- sounds crazy, but like first off, PSG would easily pay for him and more, and then that it would give the dream scenario of Messi playing with Ronaldo. Um, but besides that, I don't think Real Madrid takes him back. I don't think Juventus takes him back. I the City got their striker, so definitely not going to City anymore. Um, 
So yeah, I think Manchester United is perfect. And I don't think he'd go to MLS yet because he is still that good. Mm-hmm. Like if he's the, yeah. if he's in the MLS, Jesus Christ, he puts up like Zlatan numbers when he went. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, I, I genuinely think he can play for another ten years, um, and then go to MLS. I, I just think he is a genetic freak. Um, he is a workaholic, and I think he is the perfect perfect representation of what um, players should as- aspire to be at at uh, any club that he goes to. So I think he would be perfect for, um, you know, another year, maybe another two years at Manchester United, even if he doesn't play every game, play him in the big games because the I presence, mean, it's, yeah. he's, he's proven his goddamn self this season. Uh, everybody was asking questions. 37-year-old Ronaldo, uh, literally the worst Manchester United team of all time, and he is still putting up, he is the third highest goal scorer in the Premier League. Like, what the fuck? He has... 18 goals in the Prem. He is four goals away from the uh, the Golden Boot. Granted, there's one more game, so I highly doubt he's going to win the Golden Boot. But still, that is insane to me. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy how we're seeing some stars age here and then in other sports. I don't understand it whatsoever. And they're doing it all naturally somehow. <laughs> I... Like Tom Brady and his kale smoothies and LeBron James, Ronaldo. I feel like Zlatan was one of the first people I started noticing being like, he's really fucking old and still doing it. Um, But next question comes from Griggs JC. He says, uh, how much do you reckon a trio of Vegas escorts should cost? I just got back from Vegas. Um, Oh, I don't know. Whoa. Um, Formula One has their first race in Las Vegas next year in 2023. And if I was a richer man than I was, I'd scout that out for you, JC. Oh, did you watch Miami this weekend? An absolute shit show. What a fucking commercial joke. Oh, I'm sorry. I, uh, you should join the Discord. We actually have a lot of Formula. A lot of people in there just got into Formula One and some old Formula One heads in there. And they just watch it all together and talk about it. Oh, no. Uh, you don't want to talk Formula One? I thought you loved it. I like talking with 80-year-old men about Ford, Formula One. Uh, old People who have been watching it since the 90s like I have. <laughs> Sorry, my Skype just closed for some reason. We got to pick another app, Martin. This app is bullshit. Um, All the new kids do Zoom, right? <sighs> yeah, but are, do we have Zoom in our budget? Hmm. Is Zoom does, does Zoom cost something? I think after an hour it does. Oh, it does? Shit. I don't know. I've used it a few times and I think I used to have a subscription to it when we were doing interviews because I was worried about that. Maybe even just spending money for no reason. But anyway, back to the question from Griggs JC. How much do you reckon a trio of Vegas escorts should cost? Um, A couple grand. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Maybe 57 bucks if you go in a couple alleys. I don't know. I don't know. I've not had escorts, but um, sounds great. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> PDPab5 says, who gets relegated with Norwich and Watford? I mean, it's looking like Burnley, right? But I mean, Leeds is making a strong case at the moment. Yeah, I'm, uh, if I was a betting man, I'm going Leeds. Yeah, I don't want them because I want Jesse Marsh to succeed because fuck yeah, America, fuck yeah, but... They should have uh, never fired. Both teams deserve to be relegated because both managers did not deserve to be fired between Marco Biesla and Sean Deitch. Uh, Watford, uh, come on out of the relegation. 
Biesla, I mean, you can't keep letting teams score like five, six goals against you. That is true. That is very true. I get everyone's hype for him, and I was a hater, and then a believer, and then a hater once again. You can't let teams be dropping like seven goals on you every week. Apparently, um, the whole Leeds fan, the not probably not whole Leeds fan base, but a lot of the Leeds fan base is super pissed off. They fired Biesla and hate Jesse Marsh and want to get relegated based on that. Oh, uh, that's mean. I dig it. I'm here for it. <laughs> you do love some self-hatred, some uh, deprecation amongst fans. Okay. Uh, last question comes from the Hartley underscore foundation 2004. He says, rest in peace, rest in peace, FIFA series on EA sports. Um, so, yeah, there is no longer FIFA, Martin. It is now EA sports FC. EA sports and FIFA <laughs> have have now terminated their contract together. Um, <laughs> so in 2023, it'll be EA Sports FC. God, that is such a joke. I'm so glad I don't play FIFA anymore. Oh, FIFA 14 was the last good FIFA. FIFA 17 was all right. Oh, my God. EA is going to milk that shit for all it's worth. So I also just saw from Bleacher Report Gaming that apparently FIFA is going to go work on their own game. They tried that before with FIFA World Cup 2006. That was actually a great game. So I don't know if they're going to go hire another developing team and try and work with them or if they're going to do it internally and hire game designers and engineers, whatever. I don't know. It should be interesting. But the one thing I did hear is this is a rumor, alleged, but EA Sports FC 2023, the next whatever EA Sports soccer game that's coming out this next year, Martin, is going to be free to play, kind of like how Fortnite and Warzone is. Yeah, I saw that. I I did see that. Um, However, are they not going to have any rights to international teams because they're all part of the FIFA Confederation? I think with the leagues, they just do partnerships with like the FA and the leagues themselves. I don't know internationally. I know with the leagues, I think they should be fine. They're going to turn into pests in three years. I can't wait for it. You mean we're going to have Red wait, FC. <laughs> it has a, wait, it has a new name. It's not PES anymore. Fuck. It's called like football simulator. No, it's not that. Oh, I have to look it up. Sorry. Fill, fill the dead air, Martin, while trying to figure out what PES is called now. Yeah, PES, uh, I still think to this day that when Kevin and I bought PES in college, PES just threw FIFA out of the water. <laughs> I found it. It is. What is it? E-football. <laughs> e, oh, God. That sounds like Wii football. Uh, what? It, you know what? Honestly, FIFA is probably going to turn uh, the soccer game into a fucking NFT or cryptocurrency it's or some dumb shit. I don't and understand I, any of that. And I hope it all burns. It's all a Ponzi scheme. Don't listen to it. It's all pump and dump schemes. And they're all pump fucking, and dump. Yeah, it's essentially like a soccer move in the real world but it affects many people's lives so (laughs) on that note we we will pour one out for uh ea sports fifa and look forward to the next chapter in our video gaming lives ea sports fc uh with that we love you guys and hope you have a great rest of your week bye-bye i'll be your dream i'll be your wish i'll be your fantasy 
I'll be your rope, I'll be your love, be everything that you need. I love you more with every breath, truly, madly, deeply do. I will be strong, I will be faithful, cause I'm counting on a new Certainty that we're surrounded by the comfort and protection.